And good afternoon again, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another edition of Steelers Brunch with Tony. And I am your host, Tony Defio. And as always, I thank you for joining me. And before I get started, as I usually do, I'd like to take this time to encourage you and, and ask you to subscribe to Behind the Steel Curtain's YouTube channel. We have, as always, as I always say, a plethora of podcasts to choose from each and every week, sometimes multiple ones in, in, in a day. We have a Steelers preview. I think that's hosted by Brian Anthony Davis now. Uh, the standard is the standard. That's Dave Schofield, I think, and Brian Anthony Davis. Maybe maybe Michael Beck's in there. Uh, there's a Stat Geek with uh, Dave Schofield, the BTSC editor, and and his his big brother, Big Bro Sco. Uh, there's Yeah, I Said It, hosted by the the uh, the famous Lance Williams. I think Michael Beck has a show now. I, I saw him on last week with uh, with Brian on. Uh, I think it was the Standard is the Standard on Sunday. He did a great job, and, and he has his own audio podcast, and that's, that's also available. And uh, there's Steelers Q&A with Brian Anthony Davis and myself every Monday afternoon at 5 o'clock during the offseason. During the regular season, it's called Steelers Hangover, and it's it, 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 is, it airs the day after each and every Steelers game, and we talk about the game. We, we If it's a bad game, uh, we talk about how bad our hangover is. If it's a great game, we talk about how bad our hangover is because – you know, the, you have a hangover either way, usually. So, uh, again, please subscribe to, to, to our page and, and, and also check out Behind the Steel Curtain, the website. We bring you 10 articles a day, anyth anywhere, for anything from, uh, from news, daily news. It's, it's always there for you, Dave Schofield and the editor, Michael Beck, the, uh, the new deputy editor. They take care of that. And then there's commentary by the likes of me and Brian Anthony Davis. There's film breakdown. Jeffrey Benedict and uh, Jack Lambert, or I'm sorry, uh, Cliff Harris is still a punk. Woo, I almost said a, something really bad about Jack Lambert there, but it, his name is Cliff Harris is still a punk. He's a long time, a long time uh, uh, contributor. So he does great work. They all do great work. So please check it out. It, 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 it's, it's as, as we say, it's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. So uh, I just want to thank you all for joining me. There's uh, Jared Devil. There's uh, Dave Shipley. Good afternoon. Nathaniel. Good afternoon. And as always, I want to talk about uh, a variety of topics on, on this, edition, this edition of Steelers Brunch with Tony. So uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the great work that, that James Conner and, and Juju Smith-Fuster are, are uh, doing this season with, uh, in the gym, the great work they're putting in, in the gym, uh, and, and basically dedicating the, this off season to, to, to taking their games to the next level. At least that's how it appears. That's the perception. You know, I, I'm sure they've all, they've both been dedicated or, uh, up to this point in their careers, but you know, here they are in, heading into their fourth seasons. They're both leaders of the, on the team now, even though they're still both very young, they're still leaders of the team. And, and, you know, they're setting a great example by, you know, last year wasn't good enough. You know, that's, that's what I'm getting from it. Last year wasn't good enough, both from a team standpoint and from a, a personal standpoint, you know, James Conner had his, had issues with, with injuries as he's had over the last, his first three years in the league. And he only rushed for 464 yards. And, and you know, he, he was a guy that perhaps the offense could have used, could have flowed through, 
with the absence of Ben Roethlisberger, you know, but he missed six games. So, I mean, you know, he seems to have a chip on his shoulder and he wants to, to show us all that, look, I'm, I'm dedicating myself to winning. He's actually come out and said that this year. I realize that it's a contract year for both of them, but he's, he's come out and said, I'm not, I'm not training and, and preparing and to, to, play, to, to, to avoid getting hurt or, or for a contract, I'm, I'm training and dedicating myself to winning. And, 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 uh, you know, and, and, as fans, we do have, you know, I realize I'm a big James Conner fan. I, I love his story. I think most fans do. But at this stage, you know, it, uh, part of the story, the story would be even better if he if he goes from cancer survivor to a great football player. Right. So uh, you can't you can't do that. The latter if if you're always hurt. So it's it's only natural that fans are going to are going to start doubting James Conner because, you know, what's the old saying? You can't, you can't make the club in the tub or, you know, you, you can't be counted on if, if you're always injured. And um, it's not that, it's not that people, I, I haven't heard a lot of people ripping James Conner and saying, Oh, you know, he sucks. He's just, what we're saying is he's, he has a problem with injuries over his first three years. And that's, that's indisputable at this point. So, you know the fact that he's he's uh, sh- uh, dedicating himself to uh, to to getting better and to proving us wrong is, is great, but it, it, he has to realize that we're we're only doubting what we see, and that's the fact that he keeps getting injured. You know, I don't think it's anything personal against James Conner. I think we I think most fans recognize that that while he may not be on the same level of a Le'Veon Bell or, or or one of the great backs in the league, he could be really really good when healthy, and he's proven that. He, he proved that two years ago when he was. He was on his way to, to a, a 2,000 all-purpose yard season before the end of, before his, his season was derailed by injuries at the end of the year, and and you know I think that helped play play a part in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's collapse down the stretch. They were what seven two and one or seven three and one at one point, and they they collapsed down the stretch and they missed the playoffs by half a game. You know maybe if if Connor doesn't isn't injured, he had the the concussion issue. He had a I think an ankle or a foot injury. That 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 caused him to miss some time. If he's 100% and, and he stays healthy that entire year, not only does he probably get 2,000 yards from scrimmage, but he probably the Steelers probably make the playoffs. You know, so that's the only reason why people are downing him. It's not because uh, of any ill will towards James Conner. It's just that hey, you know, we, your story is great and we love it, but I mean, you got to stay on the field. I mean, we we want to see you take, take things to the next level and help the Pittsburgh Steelers win. That's, that's just the name of the game. That's just the reality of, of life as an NFL player. You have to, the fans have to trust that you're going to, you're going to be healthy and, and, and you're going to trust that too, that, that you're going to be healthy and, and be reliable. As far as Juju, you know, he went from, from, you know, lovable, likable Juju that was a man about the town and, you know, riding his bike everywhere and, learning how to drive big Al taught him how to drive and doing all these great things off the field, surprising fans going undercover, you know, putting disguises on and going around town and interacting with the fans. And then, you know, as always fans begin to, you know, sort of for whatever reason, they start to, to sour on that kind of thing. And I think they did that with him too. And it didn't help that they began to sour on his off the field antics as fun as they were. The fact that they they coincided with with a a poorer a, a poor 2019, you know, after 
what he did in 2017 with 59 catches and seven touchdowns in 28, 2018, he had 111 receptions, 1400 yards, seven touchdowns. You know, he was supposed to the town those two years. And then last year it was his turn with the, with the departure of Antonio Brown. It was his turn to be the number one guy. And, and you can, you can attribute it to any, a number of things, whether it was the, the loss of big Ben early in the year, Ben Roethlisberger had the, the season ending elbow injury and, uh, you know, the quarterback play wasn't what they wanted it to be. So you could attribute it to that. You could attribute it to the fact that he was getting double teamed. And of course he had some injury issues last year too. So you could attribute it to, to any number of things, but people were still, they, they, they were still sort of focusing on his off the field antics. Well, maybe if he would, if he would dedicate himself more to football, he would, he would, uh, none of these issues, would, would, none of these things would be an issue. He would, he would be, at the top of his game, right? That's just how fans are always going to think. It's just how it is. Fair or not, that's just how fans think when it comes to that. They think they think pl- uh, football players should be all football all the time, 24-7, 365, eat, drink, sleep football. And when they see you on, on social media playing video games and, and having fun, even if it's in May, even if it's taking a, going to a kid's prom in May like you did a couple years ago, people are going to see that and go, oh, he needs to worry about football more. And then when you have a bad year, it just compounds that perception. But, you know, if dedication was your concern with regards to Juju, obviously, you know, the antics, those off the field, those social media antics, again, as fun as they are, they seem to be uh, less of a thing this this offseason. And what you see more of, more and more of with Juju is him just lifting weights and and, and working out and getting jacked. I mean, he looks like he's, training to be uh, the next incredible Hulk or, or, or Michael B. Jordan's uh, stunt double in, in the next Creed. I mean, he looks incredible right now. I mean, he always did look, look in great shape. And now he, he's taken, I think I read somewhere he, 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 he's 226 now and looks like it's all muscle. I don't know if that's going to help him run faster or, or, or play better, but he's certainly, it, it's certainly showing his teammates who again? He's a leader. He's a leader now at the age of what, 23, 24? He's a leader on that team. So he's showing his his his, his teammates that hey, this is what it takes to 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 be a professional. And it's showing us that hey, look, I'm I'm serious uh, about about my game. And last year wasn't what I wanted it to be. And I I want to show you that that. And there's no question in my mind that that's the perception that these guys are trying to portray. They want to show. The world that they're that they mean business that the Steelers mean business. So I think that, that bodes well for for 2020. Does that mean that they're going to be better football players because of this? Not necessarily, but you're certainly not going to be able to blame their dedication. I mean, you can't look back and say, well, maybe if they would have trained harder. What's with the conditioning? What's with the trainers on the Steelers? Why can't why are these injuries still pop, you know keep popping up? In the case of, of Connor, of course. Why do these injuries keep popping up? He's we got to look into this how they're they're conditioning themselves because that's obviously not an issue. They're they're definitely dedicated to their craft. They're, they've shown it. Whether I'm sure they always were. I'm sure they always were over the last three years. There's no doubt. You can't look look like they these athletes do and not be dedicated. If you want to look like if you want to see what what a lack of dedication looks like, you should see me with my shirt off. That's how you. That's that's a lack of dedication. But these guys, they can't sit around and eat Skittles and play video games look the way they do. They might put that on social media. They might show themselves eating Skittles and playing video games. But clearly, they're still dedicating themselves to to uh, uh, their craft.
and 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 and, and again with Juju and, and James Conner this offseason, that perception seems to be taken to another level. So let's see how it. Let's see what happens when once training camp starts, and and hopefully in, a, in less than two months or maybe a couple months. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So that's that. That's, that's my first topic. And my next topic, I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty sensitive one. And, and I think you might probably know where I'm going with that. And that's, uh, well, uh, everything that has happened since uh, George Floyd was 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 uh, killed by by uh, Minneapolis police officers a couple weeks ago, like the world's just been in total turmoil. I think they're, they're, that's not a secret. And and uh, the, the thought is that this when when the NFL season does kick off in in hopefully in September, that uh, more players are gonna silently protest during the anthem, you know, like they like they did mostly in 2017, 2016, and in, in 2017. But 2017 was the the height of this this thing with players protesting and 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 it causing so much uh, division among the fans. Right, you know, p- people just were you know just fighting about it all all year. So. Drew Brees was was being interviewed on Wednesday, and he was asked about it, and his answer was, you know, typical of what a lot of people think when they when they uh, discuss this issue. People that are offended by it, they, he said, "I will never agree with with something that dishonors the military and, and and the country." And my grandfather's fought in World War II. You know, that's that's basically what he said. And naturally, this drew uh, the ire of a lot of people. You know, people were 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 angry at, at Brees for what he said. And, and, and because basically the way he said it is what so many other people say. And and that's, I don't, the reason why these players are kneeling, it it doesn't matter to me. That's how it came off. Anyway, you're still disrespecting the country and that's how I feel. And that's what a lot of people think. And in the, in, in days since then, he, he's kind of apologized for it. and, And he's, he actually wrote a online message to the president saying, look, I, I, maybe I was wrong about, about this. And, Maybe I should listen to, to, to what these athletes are saying when they kneel and why they're kneeling. It's not to disrespect the military. It's, it's to bring awareness to police brutality and racial injustice. And, and he, he uh, and, and, and of course, a lot of people say, well, he, he didn't have to apologize. He was just, he just did that because he felt like he was pressured to do it. But I don't think so. I think, you know, Drew Brees has been in, in, in the public eye for 20 years or, or so. And he's built a reputation as be, uh, being a really great guy and being great in the community everywhere he's been. And I don't think he wants uh, a certain percentage of the country to think that he's a a racist or insensitive to the the plight of the black community or or the police brutality. So I don't think he wants that. Why would he want people to think that about him? He's a great guy. And all he's, what he said maybe missed a mark, but it wasn't, uh, I I didn't, I didn't think, oh my God, Drew Brees is a racist for saying that. I just thought, I just thought it was, he had a he had a uh, maybe a a chance to perhaps open some more constructive dialogue about this topic, and and yet he 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 missed the mark. That's how, that's what I thought. I thought it was unfortunate that he didn't 
basically say, well, maybe if he would have said, I don't agree with the time and the place, but I understand the message. Maybe if he would have said it like that, maybe people would have responded. You know, he people were going to be mad. He was going to please everybody, no matter what he said. But maybe it would have come off just a little bit better. So, you know, but I think what, what happened with Drew Brees and the fact that maybe he he's taking some time to think about it, and maybe he still disagrees with with the kneeling, but maybe he's he's more open to maybe seeing the other side of it. And I think everybody, the, the way we get on on the other side of this kneeling thing, or maybe we we come to find a more common ground with it. Is to, is to see the other side's point of view. I think that's one thing we've, one area that we've, we've failed at with this subject is all we do is scream at each other about it and, and, and we don't take the time to see the other side. Like I, I'm, I'm as guilty of it as anybody. You know, I, I'm a jerk about it. You know, I'm, I'm pro, I support a player's right to kneel. And in fact, I will say that I support a player's right to do whatever he wants during the anthem. If he wants to stand and, at attention and, Put his hand over his heart if he wants to sing the anthem, if he wants to say a prayer, if he wants to kneel, if he wants to stay in the locker room, if he wants to lock arms with a teammate. That's none of my business as far as I'm concerned. It's none of my business. They don't owe me anything but to, to kick ass and to play really well when, when, when the whistle blows. That's how I've always felt about it. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who don't feel that way about it. They, they're, they're offended. And no matter how many times you say it's not about the military or disrespecting the country, people just aren't going to get past that. And maybe I should be more sensitive to that as, as, a, as an American, as a football fan. And instead of just saying, oh, well, if you don't like it, don't watch. Or you're a, you're a racist or whatever, boomer, you know, whatever people like me who support kneeling or support our, our player's right to, to do what he wants. The kind of things that we say, you know, maybe I shouldn't be like that. Maybe I should try to see the other side of it. Because, I mean, I, I, I have friends and family, good people. They're not hateful people and, and they're offended by it. And they can't, you can't help the fact that you can't help how you feel about something. Right. And, and my grandfather served in world war two, you know, and, 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 you know, I don't know how he would feel about he's, he's, he, he's passed on, but I don't know how he would feel about players kneeling, but I, I know he was my age in the sixties and I'm sure he saw a lot of sports protests and it didn't deter his love of sports. So I, I don't know how he would feel about it, but, but my, the point is, you know, I know a lot of good people that are, that are offended by this, that are literally hurt by it. And, and maybe I should be more sensitive to that. And, and conversely, the people that are offended, maybe they should, maybe they should, shouldn't immediately take it to a place where, well, anybody who kneels hates America and anybody who supports these players right to kneel, they hate America. And, 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 you know, they should be, these players should be fired and, they're thug, you know, the, the, this like horrible rhetoric that people say that they, they're thugs and they say racist, they call them racist. You know, we, we've seen it, right? They've, they've used racial, racist slang to, to describe these players. And that's unfortunate. And it's the truth that that's happened. There's no question about it. So instead of going right there and saying, well, if you, if you, if you, uh, Neil, then you're, you're scum, you're, you're, you're a piece of crap. And I'm through with the NFL. What that does, if, if you react that way on either side of this issue, you shut down any possibility of a constructive conversation about it, right? So uh, maybe instead of like just seeing the, the side of being, instead of just being offended by it, maybe see see the, the, the athlete side of it, why they're doing that, why they're, they're choosing to kneel, why they're, they're choosing to, to, to put themselves on the line, so to speak, and, 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 and protest like that during, during a game. I mean... Look at how many, you know, as a white person, I don't, I, I see the police and I don't fear them. 
I feel protected when I see the police, right? But there are so many, I've heard so many African-Americans, particularly black men say over the years that, look, when I see the police, I'm a little uneasy. I'm a little, I'm a little afraid. I mean, look at how many comedians have said it. Dave Chappelle, look, look at his, um, go back and watch his Killing Them Softly special from, I think it was 2000 or 1999. Matter of fact, he said, you know, black people were just afraid of the police. That's just how it is. It, 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 it wasn't even, I mean, he made some jokes about it, but he said it in a matter of fact way. Excuse me, I got to get a drink. This is a, this is a lot for me. I got to get a drink here. And that drink was brought to you by my nerves. But anyway, and to get back on, on topic, uh, uh, and if you don't want to believe Dave, Ch Dave Chappelle, you know, Ramon Foster penned a great piece in, for DK Pittsburgh Sports the other day, where say, saying that when he travels back and forth from Pittsburgh to Tennessee, he has to plan out in his mind what he would do if he was ever pulled over by the police, like how he would act step by step just to keep himself safe. Cam Hayward, I mean, who's a more respected uh, stealer than Cam Hayward in the Pittsburgh community? I can't think of one, right? He said, you know, when I'm around the police, I feel a little bit uneasy. It's just, it's just a fact. That's what he said. That's how he feels. You can't help it. That's how he feels. And, you know, instead of looking at like, like throwing all these stats at each other, when we talk about this thing, instead of like just going at it, maybe we should just look at, look at it from an emotional standpoint and, and say, look, when these players are kneeling, I mean, you could, you could throw all the stats out the window. When these players are, are kneeling, what they're essentially telling you is I'm kind of afraid of you. I mean, Cam Hayward, you know, maybe if you're a police officer, maybe you maybe you idolize Cam Hayward. Maybe you have his jersey. Maybe you wear it every Sunday when, when you know when 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 and you cheer him on when he's getting a sack, right? Maybe you've played on the same charity softball team as him. What what Cam is telling you, Mr. Police Officer, what he's telling you is when you have your uniform on and he's just citizen Cam Cam Hayward walking down the street with his kids, he is a bit he's a little bit of afraid he's a little bit afraid of you. He feels uneasy around you. And you have to ask, do you want your citizens, good citizens, law-abiding citizens, to feel, to be fearful of you? I don't think you do. You want them to respect you. You want them to abide by the law, of course, but you don't want them to fear you. You want them to feel safe around you, right? You know, like like me, again, I feel safe when I'm around the police. I'm just some jackass from Crafton who argues with people on Twitter all day, you know, but I feel safe around the police, right? I don't feel afraid, right? It's like, it's like, Lex Luthor in, in Superman 2, the one with Christopher Reeve and the one with uh, Gene Hackman playing Lex Luthor. At the, at the end of Superman 2, when he's about to be uh, destroyed by General Zod and the, 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 his other two cohorts. I mean, these are fellow bad guys, right? Lex Luthor is about to be destroyed by them. And Lex Luthor comes along and what is, what is or I'm sorry, Superman comes out of nowhere. And what does Lex Luthor say? Oh, Superman, thank God. So even the evil, despicable Lex Luthor felt safe around Superman, you know, a guy who came to, who flew down to earth to protect everybody, right? That's, that's what, even Lex Luthor felt safe around Superman. So I guess maybe police, maybe they should ask, do we want our citizens to, to feel this way? So I think if we could like see both sides of this issue, maybe we'll get past it because I think that's the only way we're going to get, we're going to get past it is, is to try to be more understanding of each other and, uh, you know, and, and maybe take a cue from the NFL players because they're already they're already 
uh, okay, not uh, maybe not okay with it, but they're they're already showing you how to deal with it. I mean, you these players have been kneeling for four years, right? These protests protests have been going on since 2016. Yet playoff games are still being won, uh, Super Bowls are still being won. You know, this is more a NFL fan issue than it is an NFL player issue. Again, th- there are certain players that may not agree with it, but they're still finding a way to work with each other. So. I think maybe we need to be more understanding of each other. Maybe that's how we'll get beyond this issue, you know, because what do you want? Do you want them, do you want the NFL to, to take a hard line with this and, and, and say any player that, that kneels is gets suspended or, or, or fined or, or whatever uh, that you might be okay with that. And, and if it's some Joe Schmo that does it, okay, fine. Nobody's going to miss him. But do you think that the chiefs are going to be okay with Patrick Mahomes uh, missing time for kneeling, you know, you think they're going to say, oh, okay, our season's ruined because, because our player decided to kneel on the sidelines. All right. Yeah. We're, we're okay with that. You think the Ravens are going to be okay with Lamar Jackson being suspended for, for, uh, for kneeling during the anthem. You think they're going to be okay with your season being ruined with that. So that's never, even if the NFL does implement to take a hard line with it, it's not going to work because they're not going to suspend their superstars. So that's just not going to work. And if they decide to do away with the anthem, that's just going to make people angry. So what's going to have to happen is we're just going to, I think personally, we're all going to have to just hopefully accept each other's points of view. And, 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 you know, and and when I look at a football field, to me, that's America. When I see these players on the sideline, when I see one guy standing, you know, with his hand over his heart, honoring maybe somebody that, that, uh, was lost in battle or maybe he served in battle and he just wants to pay tribute or, or when I see a, a, another player kneeling um, because maybe he wanted to pay tribute to somebody who maybe was, was killed unjustly, maybe by the police or, or maybe there's another guy that's just standing here saying, let's get this anthem over with. I just want to play ball. To me, that's America. We all have different viewpoints. And the great thing about sports is all these guys, they, they all come from great, from different backgrounds, different upbringings. They all have different uh, viewpoints on life. And yet when that whistle blows, they all work together for a common cause. So I think, you know, if we can have the same viewpoint that maybe the players do would, would be a lot better. Easier said than done, I know, maybe a bit naive on my part, but that's what I'm hopeful for. And maybe that's where somebody like Drew Brees uh, can c- come into play. You know, again, maybe he doesn't agree with it, but maybe, you know, if he says, okay, maybe I should be more sensitive to this and maybe I should listen and maybe that side should listen to my side. Maybe we can talk. Maybe Tony Dungy, who doesn't respect Tony Dungy, right? Maybe he can like have a meeting of meetings of the minds between Drew Brees and, and Colin Kaepernick. And maybe they can, you know, just talk this out. And, and, you know, I think having somebody like Drew Brees uh, recognize that there's a problem with, with social injustice, racial injustice, um, police brutality. I think that's, that's, that's important. You know, not that his opinion is more important than, than a black athlete or somebody from the black community. But if people see that Drew Brees thinks it's a big deal, that thinks it's a problem, then maybe they'll say, okay, maybe it's a problem. Maybe we should, we should be more sensitive and listen to this, you know, and, and maybe they can find a way to work together and, and make, and, 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 and understand each other's viewpoint. I, I purposely went back and, and, and watched Chuck Knowles, Hall of Fame speech from 1993 because it remind he said something in that speech that I'll never forget. You know, I, I don't think I've seen it replayed since 1993 because it was Chuck Noll and people don't really go out of their way to remember him or to to quote him all that often. But he said something that I thought was really great. You know, and 
And it, it wasn't as, as, as famous as Jack Lambert's, you know, you damn well better believe I'd be a Pittsburgh Steeler or, you know, Terry Bradshaw saying, if I could, if I could put my hands under Chuck, uh, under Mike Webster's butt one more time, you know, it wasn't that famous, famous, but it was typical Chuck Noll fashion. It was something in typical great head coach fashion. It was something that I, that has stuck with me for the last 27 years. And what he said was at the end of his hall of fame speech, he said, so much progress has been made through conflict through people just fighting it out and, and, uh, and finally coming to a resolution. But just, just think about how much more progress has been made when people work together at teamwork. Chuck Noll was all about teamwork. So maybe we can all start working together on this kneeling issue and, and try to just hopefully, in my opinion, just be more understanding of each other's points of view. Because I don't think you're ever going to stop. You can never stop people from kneeling. I, first of all, I don't think that's fair. And second of all, I don't think it's a, it's possible. Somebody's always going to feel the need to do it. So hopefully we can just find a way to be more understanding. So that's my first first uh, controversial topic. And another, my second controversial topic I wanted, to, I wanted to get through. I'm dreading talking about it all day, but I have to talk about it. And that's when is an athlete's when is the right uh, time for an athlete to protest? Because that's that's what you you've been hearing all these years since these these anthem protests started. It's, uh, people saying I don't necessarily uh, disagree with the message. It's, it's just the time and the place. I think it's disrespectful. I wish these players would just protest on their own time. But what is a player's own time? Is it so, is it his or her social media social media account? Because I think that's their own time, right? But uh, last week, so many athletes and coaches and teams spoke out. They, they issued statements regarding the death of George Floyd. And so many people took exception to it. They just said, I'm, I'm done with you. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm following you. Chase Claypool said a couple of things and people, somebody was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to buy your Jersey, but now I'm not, you know, and, and, and again, it's your right to unfollow them. It's your right. But I have to wonder why, I mean, you said you wanted them to do it on their own time and they are. And you're still taking a, 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 a exception to it. Why? You know, it's it's their account. It's it's like you went looking for them. It's not like you turn on a football game and they're and all of a sudden they're protesting and you're offended by that, or or they're trying to bring awareness to maybe breast cancer. You know, like they do every October. It's not one of those deals where you have to. Oh, I, I, I watch football to escape, and 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 they're they're shoving this in my face. It's it's their own account. They're they're doing that. And you might say, well, they're paid by the Steelers. Yeah, they're paid by the Steelers. To, to perform well on the field and to conduct themselves a certain way off the field, but their opinions are their opinions, right? And I know what you're going to say. What about Drew Brees? So he had an opinion and people jumped all over him for it. Yeah, well, that, that's what happens. But, you know, at the same time, I didn't think, I thought people were a little bit too hard on Drew Brees, to be honest with you. I, I think what he said may, may, may have missed the mark, but I don't think his, some of his teammates had followed him. I don't, I don't think that was fair. Maybe, maybe, uh, instead of doing that, they should have reached out to him and said, "Hey, let's talk about this, right?" So I don't think that's fair. And 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 before you think I'm picking on the other side or one side or, or the other, I'm not. I, I thought it was despicable and dirty that so, certain people were trying to play uh, amateur detective last year and and digging up old tweets from Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges and look who look look what who they support, look what political figure they support, you know, and, and like, that's their business, right? That's their right to support who they want. And, and they were trying to weaponize it and use it against him, especially Mason when he had that thing with uh, Miles Garrett and Miles Garrett accused him of a rate of, of, of a racial slur. I mean, to me, that with these guys, what their opinions are, 
and 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 who they support and and what their viewpoints are as long as it's not hateful or racist or or destructive as long as if, it, if, if they want to speak out about something that's their right to do and you might not like it and and, and again it's your right to unfollow them and, and and whatever but you know they're still out there trying to bust their butts for you on sunday whether you follow them or not and again when you do unfollow them when you do you know wash your hands of them it kind of sent a mixed message because when it came to the anthem thing, you said you just wanted them to do it on their own time. And here, here they're doing it on their own time and you still don't like it. So it just sends a mixed message. So I just wish, you know, we would respect their opinions. We don't have to like them, but respect them and, and realize that they're not football players 24-7. They're human beings and they have they have their own opinions about the world just like we do. I got through those two topics. Thank you. I, I, I was dreading this all day. This is like, I, I dreaded this show worse than I did my first show. I'm not going to lie. Because I knew I had to talk about these things. I felt it was too important not to. So now I'm going to talk about one last thing, and that's the Steelers, the decision that the NFL basically handed down to all NFL teams. And that's every team has to conduct their training camp at their home facilities. And for the Steelers, that's the south side. They can't go to the trope. They're one of 10 teams that has training camp at an offsite facility. And the Steelers have been up there since every year since 1966. So this year they have to, um, they have to, to stay at home. And that's because of the, the COVID-19. They're trying to, to limit travel. They're trying to control everything. They're trying to, to, to keep players safe. And, 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 and instead of trying to deal with two sites and trying to, trying to uh, deal with uh, activity and, and, and sanitation at two different sites there. They want to just keep it contained in one area. And I think, and I think that was smart, right? I mean, it might be unfortunate if you had plans on coming to training camp, but they probably weren't going to let, let fans come to training camp anyway. I mean, I think, I think, you know, better safe than sorry, right? I think we all have to live that way until we get the, the green light. We're in the green phase here in Pennsylvania, but until we get the actual green light, uh, live as close to normal as we did before. I think we have to, everybody has to play it safe because there's too much. I mean, if the NFL has an issue at training camp with people coming down with, with COVID-19 and uh, maybe a rash of, uh, of outbreak uh, you know, of, of, uh, of cases, then it's going to, it's going to jeopardize the season. And I don't think we want that. You know, it's already, it's already, you know, uh, probably 50 50 whether they play on time anyway I, I don't think we want anything to jeopardize the season and i don't think we have to worry about the steelers um making it a permanent thing because they're all about tradition and they're all about doing the right thing right i mean you don't have to worry about the steelers i mean i think they realize how important uh having training camp at latrobe is for the city of latrobe in that region i mean it's a big economic boom for them so they're not going to you know, it's only an hour away. You know, it's not much of an inconvenience to 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 have training camp out there. You know, they're they're all they're all about doing the right thing again. And I mean, look at how they treated Ryan Shazier after he got injured. They took care of him for three years, right? I, I think they'll always have a a place for him. You know, so they're not going to just say, eh, forget Latrobe. It's more efficient to have training camp here on the south side. No, they're not going to do that. So I don't think we have to worry about about. Them again, permanently moving and having it here. I just, I think it's too much of a, 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 a it's too important for too, far too many people to, to move it, you know, so.
I mean, how can you have a, a field called Chuck No Field in Latrobe and not have a Steelers presence out there, right? So, so those are the topics I wanted to talk about today, and and I uh, thank you for listening. And now I'll take a, a few minutes and and answer some questions. So, fire away. Here's one from Donald Nolan, my man Donald, always a regular uh, uh, watch watcher, viewer. I can't talk English anyway. I was born in Latrobe. Steelers football is everything to that town. There you go. That's that's what I mean. It's too important to them to 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 permanently move it out of Latrobe and have it in, in Pittsburgh. I think it, it it first of all, it's, I think it's a if I'm not mistaken, it's a bigger facility. So, I mean, you, you're never going to have you could I don't think you could have fans that on the south side as you do in Latrobe. I mean, thousands of people sometimes show up there at once to to I went there with my girlfriend. I think back in 2010, that was my favorite training camp. And, and you know how they have multiple parking lots. Well, when we went there that day, we couldn't even find one. We had to, we had to park on the street, like I felt like a half a mile away. So, you know, it, 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 you, you couldn't accommodate all these fans if you had it on the South side. Right. I mean, just from a logistical standpoint, I think it would, it, it's much better to have it at Latrobe. So I don't think they're ever going to move. Let's see here. Here's one from Nightwolf. I love that name. It reminds me of a 1980s uh, show about helicopters called Werewolf. Or not Werewolf. <laughs> uh, that was stupid. Not Werewolf. What the heck is that called? Eh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the first two weeks of the season will look sloppy. No. Even worse than normal? Yeah, maybe. I mean, no OTAs uh, up to, uh, so far. No mini camp. No rookie camp. You know, players relying on these players on their own get actual football reps in on their own right now to learn you know as far as these rookies are concerned to learn the uh the playbook on their own so yeah uh it could look very sloppy more than usual i mean and, and plus let's not forget that training camp i think they've, they've gone from i want to say 28 practices now with the new cba it's going to be 16 so you know that's going to take away more uh, uh, you know, more practice with tackling and that, you know, hard, and hitting, you know. So it's gonna, it's it could be very sloppy. Yeah, no question about it. We might not see Pittsburgh Steelers the true any team until a month into the season, which is often the case for you know the, the, the team you see in early September is often much different than the one you see in November. So, yeah, absolutely. Airwolf, there you go. Thank you, Bri. Wow, I can't believe it. I would have thought of that all day. I would have to like, Google it after the show. Thank you. Dave Shipley, I lived on Carson during my baseball time at Pitt. Oh, you played baseball at Pitt. That's cool. A real athlete on the show. We don't usually get too many of those. That's great. I lived on Carson during my baseball time at Pitt. Yes. Big Pitt fan. Of course, they've, uh, they basically let me down my whole adult life, but that's just how it goes. We can't have everything, right, if you're a Pittsburgh sports fan. You know, some, some cities have to bear with their team. In my case, I have the Pirates and Pitt, right? They're just always going to disappoint me at the end, it seems like. But anyway, it's great to see that you, uh, that you played at Pitt. That, that's awesome. Let's see. What did Lance say? Lance just wanted to stir the pot. Well, I mean, I don't, what did he say? That's, that's Lance. I, that's my forte, too. So I applaud Lance for stirring the pot. Who doesn't want... Who doesn't like a guy that doesn't who, who wants boring right i mean you want you want somebody to stir that pot every now and then so let's see what else we have here 
Let's see, Mark Tobin. The first week may look bad for us because we always start slow. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's it, they do ten, have a tendency to start slower, but you know who knows, right? I mean, it, not every not every every season is the same, right? So who knows? Uh, let's see, Lance, look, look up the Cedar question. Okay, I'm, I'm game. This could be a this could be a long scroll, so bear with me. Oh, I can't. Well, it's it's wow, a lot of comments. Oh well, I went back minutes, so I can't find it. But I'm sure. Here we go. One from uh, from Dave Shipley. Two dollars for our super chat. Thank you very good. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Salary cap Im implications of no fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, uh, they Forbes uh, said in an article recently that the Steelers are. are could lose up to $156 million in revenue if there are no fans in the stands. And that's 38% of their, their, uh, their, their seasonal revenue. So yeah, it could affect the, uh, the salary cap because that's what, that's what the cap's based on. It's based on revenue and the players get a certain percentage of it and the owners get a certain percentage of it. So if, if, if there, if, if you lose 38% of your revenue, it's, it's definitely going to affect the salary, salary cap. There's no question about it. Let's see what it says here. Lance said, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, that's, I can, we've already gone down that road before. Lance said, Lamar is better than Ben. Do you agree, Tony? Well, I mean, I'll say this. He's the reigning NFL MVP, you know. Uh, but the, the, the difference between Ben and Lamar Jackson at this point is one has won multiple playoff games and the other one has not. So, I could say Lamar Jackson is a better overall quarterback than Ben, but does he have what it takes to win a playoff game? Whereas we already know Ben does, you know? So maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Lamar is, is, is better, is, is a bigger weapon in his offense in his team's offense than Ben is in his team's offense right now, but come playoff time, who's going to, have what it takes to get it done. And so far, Lamar Jackson has yet to, has yet to prove that he could even perform well in the playoffs. And that's, that's where he has to take it to the, to it. that's where his game has to go next before he can truly put himself in the same category as a Ben or an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady or any, any of these quarterbacks, he has to show the football world that he can win in the playoffs, that he can perform in the playoffs. That was a question mark for Ben. His his after his first season, he did not play well in the playoffs in 2014, or I'm sorry, 2004. He did not play well. You know, he got lucky against the Jets, and you know he was atrocious against against the uh, Patriots. You know, but until he until he took it to the next level, the Steelers couldn't get couldn't get to the next level. So, you know, it's easy to say Lamar Jackson is a is a better quarterback than Ben now because he's the MVP. Ben's never been an MVP, and and he might be a bigger weapon. Again, he might be a better weapon than Ben right now. But 
what happened like what happens when the playoffs start that's what we have to when you have to make that one that one throw an important throw to keep a drive alive or, or to win a game in the postseason that's where that's where Lamar Jackson has to he has yet to has yet to prove himself and if he does then he'll he'll be in an upper echelon with with, with the rest of the, uh, the greats right now he's really really good he's a, he's an exceptional player he's one of the faces of the league but he still has to he still has to something to prove and I think he would he would be the first to tell you that this is a fun show so uh, it really was I mean it was I I, I, um, I again I dreaded it because I, I, these are important topics and sometimes people don't like talking about that but that's sometimes and that's the problem I think with a lot of these issues is people don't want to talk about them or they don't want to talk about them rationally I think if we could have rational conversations about these issues we'd be a lot better off so Join me next week as I talk about the fake moon landing and Antonio Brown. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I'll definitely be back on Monday uh, st- with Brian Anthony Davis for Steelers Q&A. And I'll, I'll talk to you then. And, and if I don't see you then, I'll see you next Saturday at noon. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining me.